Welcome to our weekly ones this year. Hopefully soon, another week or two or three. We should be able to return to Wednesday night. In the interim, we'll be recording our Wednesday day. Lila Nishmas, Havachos de Revatam Sholom ben Yeshua, Zal, and this week also I'd like to dedicate to my father, Reish Tzvi ben Yisrael, Chosid Atomim, Rav Chosid, Sheikh Tabedik, Reish Tzvi ben Yisrael. The outside upcoming on Dalar Elo. We spoke about Reb Shalom last week with the Shleishim. There's so much more to say, obviously, but this is not the subject matter of this year. About my father, Allah Shalom, Sheikh Baidik Hazan, Kolob al Nefesh. Chassid. Also, to sum it up, he was a Chassid. Chassid, a Makusha, Lever Nefesh, tied to the Rebbe. As a Chazan in a shul on King's Highway in Nostrand, we would go there at Talucha, Shmini Atzeres, by night, so we stayed by night, we walked walk there, a group of guys. And the shul would let us make a little bit levitic the back uh, office. They gave us a, a room downstairs beforehand to make kiddush, and we'd just make it more levitic. You know, it is in these big shuls. They're all palabatim, uh, and they'll take a Torah and they'll dance with the Torah and they'll sing a traditional song. My father, Al-Shalom, would, in true form as a chassid, would forget that he was the chazan there for the time and become one of us, the Talucha boys. He would sing and he would encourage and he would dance and every akafa that the people sang there at Nigan and then we would sing Al-Babach Nigan. After akafas, which is tiring enough, my father walked back with us to Crown Heights. Walked back to Crown Heights. And I had my place up on the bleachers. My chevre. Of course, there's always room <laughs> for one more, especially if it's your father. So I just let my father up there as well. So the half inch that we didn't have, we lost already also. My father stood there the entire Akafas. After Akafas, at 2 o'clock in the morning, 2.30, he with another few Lubavitcher Chassidim walked back to Borough Park from Crown Heights. It's an hour and 20 minutes walk. And at 7 o'clock in the morning, he had to leave 
to go back to the Kingsway Jewish Center on Kings Highway in Ostrom from Borough Park, another hour and ten minute walk, and then stand on his feet and down for the Amit. And then come Matsuyamtiv for the Fabrengen and wait till after Kesha Bracha. Wait till Kesha Bracha, till he got Kesha Bracha. Hey Chassid in true form. True form. Just an iota, a drop in the bucket of about a person who didn't like to talk about himself. And definitely did not want people talking about him. Not the Mayusa, not the Gleyusa Either way, don't say anything nice about me, don't complain about me. What's that, what can you complain about such a, such a yid? Born in uh, pre war. 32, 31 in Poland and then Dukhilep he only got here in 1947 but he was there to see the Friedrich Rebbe that was a Makush 11 Efesh so changing gears as we say to the regular schedules here. This Shabbos, Pasha Shaftim, Shaftim Veshetrim Titan Chabachol Sharecha. Shabbos is Gimel, Beis El, Beis El, the beginning of the month of Chedesh El. Chedesh is tomorrow and Friday. And they're different minhagim, different customs. Firstly, the custom of adding davening the davar Hashem Ayri Viishi. The davar Hashem Ayri Viishi is added by Shachris. In Chabad, we added after Shisha Yim, and by Mincha before Aleinu. In the world, it's after Aleinu. Both the Shachas and Mincha, Ashkenaz I believe does it by Meirev. <coughs> I am afraid I can't tell you what the Sephardic custom is. Sfar- one Sephardic custom I can tell you is they begin Selichot, Slichas, from Rosh Chedesh El until Rosh Hashanah. And then Mr. Amalas says to as well. The shafer is blown every day throughout Chedesh El till Erev Rosh Hashanah, which we don't blow the shafer to confuse the Satan. So we blow the shafer after davening, starting on Friday, Mitzchem. Those who are going to blow, blow tomorrow as well, so for practice. Um, the world blows Tkia Shvarim Trua Tkia. In Chabad, we blow the entire Seder, Tkia Shvaran Tura Tkia, Tkia Shvaran Tkia, Tkia Tkia, Tashrat, Tashat, and Tarat. Needless to say, Chedesh El. Many, many different Rashi Tevison acronyms for the word L, Anila Daidi Vidadi Lee, 
הנה ליד שמתי לוח, שיר להשם, שזה השם, זה actually going backwards, שזה השם, ואיים בלימור, each different acronym representing mitzvahs, teda, aveda, ודמויות חסדים. And Gimel we say Zayin Ches Tes, etc., etc., until Erev Rosh Hashanah. Then in the Machzor we have divided up the different kapitlach that are said over Rosh Hashanah. And then of course on Yom Kippur it gets completed with the last kapitlach divided up between from Ma'ariv Kol Nidre until Matziyamtiv. At which point the entire Tehillim is incorporated, but then next week we'll talk about what the significance behind that is. Turning focus to this week's Parsha, Parsha Sheftim. It's, it's so full, so rich. Let's start with the Pasuk. Novi Mekir the prophet that's amongst you, Elav Tishma'un, to him you should listen. The prophet. <coughs> Before we begin about the actual Pasuk, talk about, as the Rebbe said, Yesh Navi Bi Yisrael, Apasha Sheftim. And Baruch Hashem for the world, for WhatsApp, although I'm sure there's not always things you want to say Baruch Hashem about that happen on WhatsApp, but on a good portion of time we have some amazing things that happen on WhatsApp, including some phenomenal stories. And funny thing happened to me on the way to the office today. Interestingly, this morning... I received in WhatsApp from several different people actually. One was a Satmir Chosid. Won't mention his name, but if you need holes, if you need good price on appliances, we can give you his number. <laughs> and he sent me the video, which I had gotten a few minutes before that, of a Belzer Chosid who told a story of a Talmud of his, a student of his. And the student, he didn't want to mention the name, he didn't want to mention the name by accident, in the middle of the story he mentions the name. And he says, uh, uh, okay, I said the name already. The student had a major issue financially. Family, children, money, how it works. And he fell behind in rent, so badly he fell behind in rent that his landlord was ready to evict him. 
And his landlord came to him literally to tell him that he has to leave Arab Shabbos. And he decided over Shabbos that on Matzai Shabbos Kedish he's going to go right after Shabbos, bells his man, to the ale. He has to go to the Rebbe's ale, to the Babich Rebbe. And he went to the ale and Achman he cried his heart out, he cried his heart out, bitter, bitter tears. His family, his children, his wife, being evicted in Rahman al-Islam. This Yid had a very, very beautiful custom. Every Matsoi Shabbos Kaidish, summer, winter, he would prepare the Malav Malka and the Bells of Shtibu. Or by the Bells of Whatever could be the Bells of Shtibu, could be there. I don't know. I believe it's the Bells of Shtibu. I don't know if he says that, but I believe it was. It was the Bells of Chosid, I guess it was. And he would prepare the Malav Malka every week. This week, though, he was sitting in Nebuchadnezzar crying in the aisle. And a Yid walks into the shul and he asks for him. He asks for the Malav Malka guy. By name. And they said, the yellow, they know he's not here yet, but I'm sure he'll be here. He never misses the Malav Malka. He'll definitely be here. Don't worry. Hold on. So he sat down and he waited. And he waited and he waited. It was tardying. Time was schlepping. And he said, I have to leave. And they said, Rabid, he's definitely going to come. He doesn't miss him, love Malka. He always comes to set up. I understand. Can I ask a favor? And they said, sure takes an envelope out of his pocket, and he hands it to them. And when he comes, give this to him, please. They didn't have any idea what was in the envelope, so they didn't have any machshavas to ask, what do you need, what is it for, what is it for? <coughs> he asked a favor, a favor. Who are you? Nothing, God, it's okay. Shalom Aleichem, Aleichem, Shalom. And, He leaves. He leaves, and vanished. The guy's holding the envelope, and this fellow leaves the hill and comes to the Spanish to help set up Love Malka. One of the guys says to him, Oh, there was a yid here. He was waiting for you, waiting for you, waiting for you. And he left this envelope for you. This man needed back rent. Look at the hole in the back. Man needed in the back rent. He needed six thousand dollars. He opened the envelope, and in the envelope was six thousand dollars. No idea who it was, what it was, what it was from, what it was for. Clueless. Literally, this is a fresh story. Heard it this morning, and then I got another one. Someone else has sent it again. I heard it from this Belzer Chassid that told the story. He's a teacher, a Rebbe of this Chassid. Novi Yashem Bekir 
I'm sorry. Meachicha, come meini. Major's talking. A prophet from amongst you, from amongst your brothers, as I am. Yochim l'cha Hashem aleikecha. Hakadosh Baruch Hu sets up before you. Elav tishmaun to him you should listen. On these words, Elav tishmaun. You keep your score at home. Yimara Yevamis Tav Tzadik Amid Beis. Chazal tell us, Afilu Eimer, even if he tells you, Laver al Achas Mikolamit Mikol Mitzvah Shibatera, to transgress on one of the mitzvahs in the Tera. Kigain, for example, Elio Bara Carmel, Elio on the Mount Carmel, Hakel Efisha Shomali. It's for that moment. Whatever it is he said, listen to him. If he's a proper Navi. What example is the Gemara bringing here to the Prophet telling you to sway, to, to stray? Bringing Karbanis on a Bama. In the days of yesteryear, when the one wanted to bring a sacrifice, they had set up all over the place little stations where you could bring a sacrifice. They were called Bama's. Once the Beis Hamikdash was built, the Bamais became prohibited, and the only way you could bring a carbon, a sacrifice, in the Beis Hamikdash. And this practice of bringing a carbon on a Bama became prohibited. <coughs> As before. However, if a prophet, a true prophet, came and said to do so, a one-time example, one-time commandment, as Elio Anavi did on Mount Carmel, Elof Tishmun, Taylor tells you you have an obligation to him, you should listen. In light of this, we explain the question that now comes about, at the end of the Sechtas Zvachim. And there at great length the Gemara goes about to mention every point the laws about bringing a carbon on a bama. And it says clearly, Bo Yerushalayim, once they came to Yerushalayim, Nesru HaBamas, the Bamas became prohibited, there was no longer any had to, to bring an Obama. So what does Ghazal have to go through this great length and every intricate detail talk about the dinim of, of Akrava's Obama? It's finished. Donsky, you can't do it anymore. You cannot bring it. Why does the Gemara go through such great length to give us every detail? Therefore we understand that there is a possibility of bringing a carbon on a bomber. Even in today's days. If a Navi will stand up and command as such, it would be a one-time deal as Elio did in Carmel. 
And on that occasion, we would have the obligation to listen to the Navi <coughs> and sacrifice on the Bama. But if we don't know the dinim of the Bama, we can't do it. Even if the Navi tells us to. Therefore, we have to learn the dinim. The mother tells us, When the last of the prophets passed, Chagai, Zechariah, Malachi, Malachi, listen to the wording, Nistalka Ruach HaKedish Mishal. The Ruach HaKedish was Nistalik, it left off from the Jews. According to this, it seems that nowadays there can no longer be any prophecies. But it's not the fact. Because we find in many places where it's brought down Chazal that was even after the Nevi'im and even the Rambam writes there's no boundary of time no limitation of time. And you can't say it's impossible to reach the prophecy in today's days. Therefore, we can't explain the words of the Chazal of Nistalka Ruach HaKedosh Yisrael, the Ruach HaKedosh left the Eden. For as after the last of the prophets, you're saying that there's no longer possibility to be prophecy. But as we found beforehand. And we see this in the words. Because the wording that it says that the prophecy was no longer existing does not say Botlo, Posko, But rather it says Nistalka. It lifted up, it went. It didn't stop, it didn't become nullified. For therefore the prophecy was not nullified and was not ceased. It was made in a different level. And it's much harder to ascertain. But if we find somebody that's befitting of this title and a befitting of this Kedusha Ruach HaKedish, then Miyad Ruach HaKedish Sheirolov, Rashad Ramam says, The maila of bringing the Beis Hamidosh over bringing on a bomber is when you bring a carbon to Beis Hamidosh, the Kedusha, the sanctity, spreads even in the physical place where it's brought, where the Mizbech is. It all becomes holy. And this is today as well. Rabbi Isai, it is important and imperative. It is a must not, must no deal. The Maile of bringing on the Beis Hamikdash, on bringing on a bomber, over bringing of a bomber, when you bring a carbon in the Beis Hamikdash, the Kedusha is spread throughout. throughout. 
from where the Mizbeach is standing, everything becomes holy. We have this Rabbi side today in our day as well. The Kedusha of the Beis HaKnesset to Beis HaMedrish, which are referred to as Migdash Me'at, the small Migdash. Every good thing is Zeichel Kedusha Yisaira. When it's made in the Beis HaKnesset, and therefore it's very important to do so to keep the sanctity of the Beis HaKnesses in order to be Masif Kedusha Al Kedusha Sai. By doing so, by not talking during Davening, not talking during Kriyas Atayda, or trying not to talk in Shul at all, any Dvaram Betayden, you are elevating the place in which you are standing as we do with the Mizbeach in the base Hamidosh. Today's day and age, the battle cry of all the sages, the dreams that people are having are about just that. Stop talking in shul. Answer, Amen, Amen, Answer Baruch Hu, answer Kedusha when you have an, an opportunity. Amaydin Rabbanana Baruch Hu. Do not talk in Shul. As if someone had once, a Shamas in the Shul once had in his bag, his film bag. If you come here to talk, where do you go to Daven? Rabbi say it's imperative that we take on this Hachlota. The generation is in dire need now more than ever. What we are going through in this horrific pandemic which exiled us from Shul, exiled us from Davening with a Minion. Yes, there were those that took in their own hands the law in their own hands and continued making Minyanim and continued having Kiddushim and sitting camaraderie and doing what they wanted to do. Shem Yishmur Aleyhem But they have to know as well as every, the rest of us have to know. The Hachlote of stopping to talk in Shul is something that's not just an, a, any, an idea, not just a suggestion, it is a way of life. Starting tonight, Eshchoidish Elul, Tonight we say Yalav Yavai. We have to see to it to be Maila and Yavai. To elevate everything and every moment that we have. Besa Medish, Besa Knesses. Achsidu Shemaisa, Kemribet Itzel. Arabi Shemaisa, Kemribet Itzel. But talking to one of the in Shul is Osir Chokle Yavai. A secular video that went around this week amongst a zillion of others was a man, was a CEO of a major company. Shaking my camera. And as a CEO of the company, for many, many years, it was time for him to retire. And he didn't want any of his children to take over. And so he called in all his top employees, 
And he said to them, Rabbi Isai, I'm going to choose from amongst you a new CEO. I will choose the CEO in one year from today. What will I base my decision on? I'm going to give each and every one of you seeds. I want you to plant these seeds. And each one of you bring back to me at the end of the year the plant. And by that I will judge who should be the new CEO. Thus, Zok Seichel Anushi. What does a simple Seichel say? Human Seichel. The one with the nicest, the most beautiful, well-kept plant is going to be the CEO. No. Everybody took the seeds that the CEO gave them. They ran home and they bought the most beautiful, most expensive earth for planting. And they started to plant. One guy who was known, looked at almost like a shlamazel, Sam. Sam took his seeds with shlamas, with mimus, full-heartedly, simply, and he planted them. And he planted and he watered them and he scrubbed them and he put them in the sun, he put it here, put it there. Rabbi Sai, poor Sam, didn't get a leaf. Didn't get a root. No matter what he did, no matter changing the pot, and changing the soil, and changing the seed produced nothing. Whereas everybody else was producing these most magnificent flowers and plants. No. Came the end of the year. Please bring your plants. Sam was thinking. Bring, don't bring it. I don't have a plant. It's embarrassing. I'm bringing what I was done. I'll bring my toil. I put this what I put into. It's what I'll take. Whatever happens, happens. It's in God's hand. Lo and behold, they all come in with the beautiful thing. The display is set up. And there at the end is sitting Nebuch, the empty pot of soil, nothing growing. And the CEO comes in and he starts to observe one after the other. Wow, and beautiful, amazing, fascinating. And then he comes to Sam's. And he looks on the side and the right and the left. Unished. It's dirt. Sit down, everybody's sitting there with a bated breath, staring at their beautiful production. And CEO says, ladies and gentlemen, I observed everybody's beautiful plants, and I choose Sam to be the next CEO of this company. <gasps> he lost his mind. He must have gone bananas. Sam didn't make anything. He wrote back an empty pot of soil. And someone stands up who had these most gorgeous, magnificent flowers and really was ready to become CEO of the company and said, but, but excuse me, sir, please explain. He didn't grow anything there. What did he... <laughs> CEO smiled and said, Ladies and gentlemen, I gave you seeds 
that were burnt out seeds. They could not grow anything. But you all managed to produce these magnificent flowers. Huh. I wonder how. The only honest person here was Sam. He took those seeds, put them in the earth, and nurtured and put and, put and nurtured. But he honestly, Betimimus, did not say, uh-oh, I'm not getting anything, I better find some seeds so I can make something look right. He said, these are the seeds I'm supposed to deal with, this is how I will deal, and I will be honest and Betimimus about it. This is our mission today. Don't walk into shul and say, eh, <coughs> I dive better than this guy, better than that guy. I have a nicer voice. Which is on its way out, by the way. <coughs> and I have a better ex- way of explaining, and I have a this, I have a that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is asking Tmimus in this week's parsha, Tomim Tiyem Hashem Elikecho to be Tomim to be whole, to be complete don't alter and don't try to water down or to embellish the different portions of Antisol were distributed Halavim Halavim the poor Levian were not given any land. Says the Tera, a very interesting posuk. Hashem hu nachalosoi. What is everyone's inheritance of the land? This one gets this, this one gets that, this, this. What does the Levi get? The Levites, the Shevet Levi, Hashem hu nachalosoi. God! We all get God though. The beautiful, beautiful Balaturim says, Halevim Hashem Unachlosi. Halevim is Gematria 91. Numerical value of Halevim A is 5. Lamed is 30, 35. Vav is 6, is 41. Yud is 51. Mem, another 40, is 91. Halavim is Gematria 91. What else is Gematria 91, Rabbi Isai? Many people know this. Amen. Amen is Gematria 91. So, does that make God the Yerusha of the Levim? 91, Rabbi Isai, is Gematria Alev Dalid Nun Yud, Hashem's name. And Yud Kevavke, Hashem's name. The two names of Akadish Baruch Hu combined, Aleph Dalit Nun Yud, and Yud Kevavke equals 91. Every Amen that you say, have in mind. You're not just saying a word, you are mentioning Akadish Baruch Hu's names. Therefore, Halavim. Hashem hu nachalosoi. For the Levim, God is their inheritance. Towards the end of the parsha, we discuss the happenings of Egla Rufa. 
A person was found dead, Rahman in a field, and we have no way of knowing who it was, and therefore they measured to which city the closest body was. And the Gemara Seita tells us what do they measure? Do they measure from the head, from the foot, from the stomach, tabur? And they say, okay. They call the elders out of that city and they bring them to Nachal Eson. There they take a young calf and they chop the head off from the back of the neck. It's called Erfim. And they call out, they cry out, they scream. Our hands did not spill this blood of this person that died, nor did our eyes see. And the Kehanim answer, Forgive to your nation, your nation, Yisrael. And the Torah finishes off, HaKadosh Baruch forgives and takes away any kind of decrees that were put on this city. This mitzvah today can't do. What is the spiritual ramifications of this mitzvah? Taylor tells us, A cholol is something that references to the fact, the concept of sin. A Jew that sinned. Shefeich, he, God forbid, poured out his life, his Ruach Chaim Akdesha that he has within him and turned it to Rahman al-Islam, the Ruh. Too bad. In that case, he remains a Cholol. By throwing away his spiritual life, he's now a corpse. Therefore the Torah tells us this is the situation, this is the matzav of the person that Rahman al-Islam sins and does Avedis. Therefore the elders of Bnei Yisrael stand up and call out Our hands did not spill this blood, our eyes did not see it. First and foremost they gather together and they establish the fault is not theirs. And they ask from God, forgive, forgive your Jewish nation. By setting this up, they establish, establish the mahus, the true essence of the sin. A Jew on his own is not shaykh to be in a field of Asada to fall in the field and to fall victim to the Eight Sahara to things that are not positive and it, because after all he's which is part of God he's one answer with God 
As we say, So he himself is not shy to tear himself away from God and to sin against God. Yet, still in all, we see that he does sin. Not his fault. It's not his fault. We've told this story with Rav Shimon, with the Neshama and the Guf. Shama says, I can't sin, I'm a chedek mamish. And the Guf says, Other you say to me, I'm safe, I'm worthless. The Jew turns to HaKadosh Baruch when he complains, Yedeinu leishavka, said Amazet, it's not our fault, we did these sins. I did, it didn't come from me. I was brought down into this physical world. And that's where it all happens. But you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, sent me down into this world. And you detached me almost from my highest existence being next to you. So these sins were done because of the fact that I was brought down into this physical mundane world. So it's not my fault. And therefore we see the Vikasha is kaper the Amcho Yisrael. Since Hakadosh Baruch Hu is also at fault here that the Jews sinned, and the sin therefore is coming from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, brought him down onto this world. It's imperative on Hakadosh Baruch Hu to forgive, forgive his nation for their sins. This Pakoshes Kapara has a stress, to your nation, Israel. B'nei Israel are your nation. They are in essence of your essence. And they stand even higher than Teda. So if there's a flaw in the way they keep the Teda, it's not in their flaw within them. Not in their essence of their Jewishness. And this is the Avedis Hachuva. The person needs to envelop and to work on the true yearning of his Neshama. How his Neshama cries out, wants to be totally attached and one again with God. To wake, awaken this recognition, to live in this world in a form of Yeridus Atzumal and Efeshalikis. And then as the Jew reaches to the true recognition to what HaKadosh Baruch Hu and he are one, this one Mahus can never be separated. And then he can, in that case, in that status, request from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to forgive him to be Michael Seleach and to give him Aksiva Bachasima Teva and Ashana Teva Mesuka. So my complaint and all our complaints are Chuba, it's so hard. The Pasha tells us there was a battle cry before the war. Anyone that's fearful and faint-hearted, 
Let him go home. Go to his house. Because he's going to cause others to be frightened. Why was he frightened? This is an announcement that was made before the Jewish army went out to battle. And you didn't want to make this anxiety amongst all the other soldiers of the other fighters. Again, the Gemara, if you keep his score at home, is Saita. There's a debate. What was the fear and faint-heartedness? Some say, this is, they were, it's a reference to those who are capable of overcoming the national, natural fear of battle. But they had a fear of sins. Perhaps they did a sin that will cause them to have to be killed. They recognize their shortcomings in Torah observance. And therefore they are frightened that they are unworthy of God's protection. According to this opinion, those who are simply fearful of the war and go home earlier. When the Kayin addressed the soldiers saying, let your hearts not be faint, should not be afraid, should not be alarmed, etc. That since it contradicts. Rabbi Akiva, however, insists this final address, announcement, is addressed to those who cannot stand in the closed ranks of battle and look at a drawn sword. And they'll melt. They'll just get frightened to death. And the battle comes nearer, even those who felt confident earlier could still become overcome with this fear and encouraged to return home. Why does the Bekiva not talk about the sin at all? Bekiva's reasoning. Rabbi Say keeping score at home, the Sanhedrin, Tafkuf Yudamid Beis, says the Gemara. Because Rabbi Akiva had tremendous love for a fellow Jew. He always sought angels. The Jewish people would be judged favorably. Whoops. He sought angles. Sorry. He always saw another angle as to how you can favorably judge a Jew. And therefore, a person who fears because of his sins recognizes what he did was a mistake. He believes that God can and will hold him accountable and hopes to be spared from divine retribution. <coughs> so even if he lacks the inner faith, the inner strength to actually implement the change in his behavior, he regrets the sinful ways that brought him to this point. Rabbi Akiva holds, Contemplation of tshuva already causes tshuva. That makes him worthy and potter. Rabbi Akiva therefore held that this person can go off to battle. He has nothing to fear as far as sins are concerned. Because when we start to think that we regret any sin we did, 
This is already considered Shuvah, says Rabbi Akiva. And all of us have that regret. And all of us work extremely hard on riding our ship, on fixing that, on correcting those flaws, on making sure that they don't ever repeat again. And therefore, on that basis, from this parsha, which is always read in Chedesh El, awakening the concept of tshuva within us, may we merit the tshuva amitas and the because tshuva amitas to bring about the geula amitas vashlema ayedei mishiach to the kenu, see the reino berashenu, Shabbat shalom to all.